0: I am recording this at 10.25pm, the night before the podcast is meant to go out. So as you can tell, Tedge Talks is a very well-planned, thought-out and uh, yeah, well-oiled operation. Yeah, sometimes it's not. Um, And and this is one of those days. I've just got back from Birmingham where me and Aaron spent a few days looking at some properties, looking at areas, um, speaking to a few agents, getting some nice tours around various areas and... Just kind of solidifying and agreeing our strategy, um, which we're moving forward with already. Aaron's got a few more viewings this week. Um, Hopefully get some offers in before Christmas. Who knows? Um, And yeah, I I said to myself last week, oh yeah, you know, you record the podcast night before, all good. And you can probably hear my voice is pretty strained. I'm I'm still a bit ill um, and I'm pretty tired. But I am here, you're here. So we're going to talk. I... I've got kind of an interesting episode today where I want to talk about my story kind of continued because I know the last time we kind of spoke, we kind of spoke, or well, I kind of spoke into this microphone which I'm actually using a different microphone because I forgot my real one because again I'm so well planned today um, about where I'm at in my property journey. Now the last time I mentioned it. I was buying a property in Wales for eighteen thousand pounds that was going to revalue between fifty-five to eighty-five. Things have changed a bit, um, and I, ha- I had a feeling they would. I'm not sure why, but you know, sometimes I don't know. You you just know something is potentially going to go wrong, and there weren't any warning signs consciously. Um, but the property had subsidence, or subsidence as I call it, but I think that's that's not how you say it. Um, essentially that the foundations were made of jelly i don't know um but there was apparently 0.5 meters worth of discrepancy between the walls and the floor was kind of sloped which you'd think i'd notice when i walk in but i i don't know why i didn't notice this um you know apparently welsh valleys are obviously known for having a bit of subsidence but this one according to the surveyor was was too much um so I had to pull out, unfortunately, because he said it would require ten to £15,000 worth of underpinning, which basically took the deal way out of proportion. And I just don't really want to get involved with uh, underpinning houses. Um, there's plenty of houses out there, just didn't need to do it. Um, and I've learned quite a bit with that, um, and also spent a little bit of money. So I'm going to talk you through, I guess, some of my learnings. I think I've got nine written down. It's a bit awkward. I'll think of a tenth, um, and kind of how I felt after it went wrong. So... I spent about £557 on the searches, which the solicitor is giving free for the next property. So I guess I've spent nothing because I'm going to, you know, it kind of switch, it moves on to the next property. Um, And I spent £357 on a surveyor who is Ricks qualified. How did I get it so cheap? I don't know, I guess things are cheaper in wheels, I don't know. I'm happy to put you in touch with the firm who did it and, and show you the actual report. If you want the report, um, drop me a message and I will share it um, with you and you can have a look at it. Um, and that was really useful now actually the report came back with subsidence in two different mentions, but it kind of wasn't it was it was a weird it was just weird how they said it. Um, so I kind of said to them, look, this isn't really good enough um, and this is not really a complaint. But I kind of said, look, I need to speak to the surveyor to actually really get a view from them. And I know a lot of the time they're going to be a bit more cautious to protect themselves, right? If anything goes wrong, they've said it. But he was quite um, confident in that it really needed, you know, ten to 15,000 pounds of work. So, you know, 500 quid gone, not a problem. You know, these are the kind of costs you account for. It is irritating. Um, but I guess you just have to have that mindset of, you know, It happens to the next one, I saved ten grand by spending five hundred. Again, yeah, they're two losses, but it's it's better than having to to spend that and go through it without the building survey. Um, so, I know some people buy properties without getting a building survey. I personally, especially at this stage in my like property career, I just wouldn't do it um, because you never know what's hiding under the property. Which of course they don't stick a you know a drill in and really really find out, but they do enough to tell you. Um, but you know, again, that's totally up to you. Um, again, I can recommend my solicitor as well. They, they were pretty quick and pretty hefty with kind of chasing the other solicitor and kind of updating me, which was which was great. Um, and you know what, when it happened, I, I was disappointed, but I guess I kind of in my head already wrote it off. And that sounds really weird, but I think as a recruiter, you know, we get loads of rejections. It's our job to sit there and get slapped in the face every day on the phone. So, you know, I don't know, I was kind of used to it. And I don't fall in love with a deal and I'm not like this deal has to make it to make everything correct in any aspect of life. I'm very much like, this is great. If this works, it works, but it doesn't work until it's over the line, until we've exchanged, until a tenant's in it, whatever. Um, so really I was, I wasn't too upset. I mean, I was cause it was a smashing deal and it would have been my first and it would have really, really helped, but you know, these things happen and, and kind of on to the next. And I think it's super important, especially when you're new to property and you, if you haven't got a background in like recruitment or sales where it's kind of a constant level of failure, um, I think it's super important to, you know, go for those no's. And actually I think there's a book called Go For The No. I don't know who it's by, but apparently it's really, really good. Like have a read of that and be prepared to walk away from any deal that doesn't stack or has issues. Um, second sort of, I guess um, my first lesson from this is always do due diligence this place was in the middle of a village in wales i'm from london we live on top of each other who on earth lives in these villages but put a fake ad out um and i got like 40 responses over two days which i mean that's a lot um and just by remembering some of the tenant profiles they were kind of young professionals families nurses whatever um the kind of tenants that i guess most people would want to um rent to i know some people don't want to rent to people who are sort of dss or lha you know, each to their own. Um, but always do due diligence on the area um, and the kind of the economy of the area and who would live there and why would they live there. Make sure you understand that. Um, you know, secondly, things will always fall out. Deals will always go wrong. Make sure you have enough money to cover the cost of it going wrong. Ie, five hundred pounds in this case. When you're using a deal sourcer, ensure your terms with them are watertight. Like do not work with a deal sourcer if you're not happy with the terms um and look i've said this before feel free to send me any terms that you might have with sources and I'll, and i'll review them i'm not a legal professional you know i can't give you legal advice but i've read and commented and altered many contracts before so i'm more than happy to have a look at them um just some key things to look out for are the deposit being non-refundable if the seller pulls out or if there's serious structural defects you know, you need to really get that put in that it is refundable in every single circumstance that makes sense, you know. But obviously, if you pull out, then they deserve that 100%. But any other situation that's not your fault or not their fault, within reason, you know, you should get a refund. Secondly, if it's been signed with from their limited company, and at the bottom, it's got your personal name, there's a bit of a problem there, because they're liable via limited company, and you're personally liable. So you can be done for whatever happens. Or anything personally, but they're liable as a company, and you just wind up and run off. Plenty of people do that, so you know, be careful with things like that. Um, I'm lucky that you know I work with Sean Forsey, and there there were only a few changes to the terms. There was nothing shocking that I had to take out or put me off. But I have seen other terms, and you know, just make sure you're tight on these things because you know. Who knows what might come up in a surveyor's report or if the seller pulls out right? make sure you protect yourself and also that the source is getting a good deal too right um fourth fourthly fourth forally what what how you, four yeah fourth point um chase agents to no end, be like bulldogs, be relentless um yes, they want to see a deal go through, but you know like I've worked in recruitment and sales before. They know that you know how, however many deals fall out all the time so you need to be on them and also ask them to chase the vendor and the vendor solicitor because it's it's in their interest um also chase a solicitor uh, i've been quite lucky that mine kept you know in contact with me quite well um but like as well as just chasing them and saying hey what's the latest i think you can also say hey what is actually happening like where are we at have you got the contracts are you looking at that like because that question of like what's the current status where is this bit of paperwork you know they have to answer you in a way that explains the situation better than them saying oh yeah it'll be two days it's like no no where are we on the roadmap you know like when you say to someone how far are you you know when you're waiting for them and they say oh 10 minutes away it's like no no where are you though right because then you can really tell how far where they are um get someone else to read this surveys report you know if you've got a mentor you've got someone who's experienced send it to them um i don't know they're quite fun to read but not everyone thinks that I'm sure um but get another pair of eyes on it because you really you don't know what you might miss and also your bias to want this property and for it to be right can sometimes cloud 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 yeah cloud your judgment um in kind of looking for potential problems right you know as soon as this deal fell out I kind of was like oops there's literally nothing in my pipeline what on earth am I doing um and that's a big big point for me like I guess I wanted to see what the area was like and play it safe and then go kind of all in, buy more property, spend more money in the area. But what that meant is I kind of had nothing if this one fell out. And I think that was a mindset problem with me because I was like, oh, you know, I don't have investor finance. Am I going to get it? You know, oh, what happens if I have a deal and then I can't pay? And it was just like my own self-limiting beliefs, which we're all going to have. But like build a pipeline because you know what people say, You know, if there's a deal, the money will come, and and I've seen that happen to me and to to many, many people around me. Um, And I guess after this deal, I've had to kind of recoup and regroup um, and kind of form a JV with Aaron and look more to the Midlands. We're still invest um, looking at Wales, um, albeit a slightly different area to before. um, But at least now I have a pipeline, and we're going to have offers and viewings happening every week. So that a pipeline is full, and this is really important. And as like a recruiter, someone in sales, how on earth did I forget that? Um, and and this happens, you know. No matter how much you read, no matter how many mistakes you see in your network, and you learn from, you still sometimes just don't learn until you do it. And that's really irritating because it's like I've seen people make this mistake. I know this. Why did it take me doing it to learn it? But I don't know, that's just, I guess, the way um, that it happens, right? And my seventh point is compare quotes um, that you get for like building refurbs from a saucer or from anyone to others. And also there's a few websites and I really can't remember them. Um, But if you Google them, you'll find them about where you can check like the national average price and prices in your area for plastering, for fitting a kitchen, for fitting tiles, whatever it is. And so you can compare your builders numbers to the national kind of average which is collected i think of uh, over a kind of large source of people and that's pretty cool um number eight things take time like the weeks go by from offering to securing it to getting as close as we can to exchange to getting searches back when it comes to deadlines like try and set times with people um obviously with your solicitors that's always up in the air but try and set deadlines and times that you need things by when you're making an offer try and make it clear to the vendor that you need it in in this sort of time you know obviously their situation permitting um but be prepared to have that patience like I don't know I think I've again just developed it over time because I used to have no patience whatsoever and I would be nagging everyone and being super tenacious overly tenacious but this time I was chilled I was chasing people don't get me wrong like that's in my nature but I was kind of chilled with it But again, in this time, I could have built a pipeline, you know, somewhere else. Why wasn't I? Um, And I think the answer is probably because, you know, I found a job at the moment um, as a contract in recruitment that I really, really love. Um, I think it's difficult to find a place that actually really lets you be yourself and bring your whole self to work Um, and that's like testament to the team and my manager Um, but I think that's kind of taken a bit of my I don't know emotional energy a little bit Um, and I've also been ill for the past like four weeks so I think for me a lot's been happening that has distracted me from I guess the progress I wanted to make but it's not a complaint because I'm enjoying myself and I guess I've kind of looked on this kind of journey as yeah I want financial freedom and I want that passive income from property but I love what I'm doing I love the public speaking I get to do via my job Um, I love the freedom it offers and the salary and the people I work with like you know what if my kind of journey to financial freedom and launching the 10 other businesses I want to is slowed down that's not a problem for me Um, and I guess I have the luxury or the benefit of being young that it, it doesn't have to be a problem for me. So those are my learnings from that experience. Um I hope that helps anyone who's new uh, in, in property and anyone who's experienced and I'm I'm sure you've had the same and potentially still have the same um uncertain deals. Uh so you know, I guess after that I've I've kind of gone back to Aaron who's a really good friend of mine and said, "Look, you know, why are we not working together? Like we're really good friends, we got on really well." We both believe in kind of the similar core values. We both love building a brand and he's also starting a podcast. You're going to hear from him in in a few minutes, actually. Um, You know, why are we not working together? He's based in the Midlands. I'm based in London. He likes being out there on the streets, meeting agents, viewing properties. I mean, I do too, but I also like the spreadsheet stuff and kind of, I guess, booking things in and, you know, doing all the figures and and making sure that, I guess, the desktop aspect is, is done. And and it fits really perfectly. I just threw this on a spreadsheet and said, Aaron, this is the kind of split we can do. What do you think? And he was like, that's perfect, which is awesome. And we've already started working together, looking at various areas, um, kind of nailing certain streets down, certain areas down, and kind of we've agreed what kind of yield we're looking for. We've been networking. We met three, four people over the, the two days in Birmingham that are, you know, hopefully going to be JVing with us in, in some shape or form or another. Um, and, you know, it's an interesting one because it's so much nicer to work with someone especially someone you get along with and you can like chat to for ages about whatever um and so you know i'd really recommend finding some sort of business partner you don't have to buy properties together but you can still work together in some way um and it really stops you from getting lonely in what is you know often a a kind of working from home lonely type environment and you know in terms of what we're looking for which which might help people who are still kind of look at or looking at a strategy, is that we're not, we're not sort of saying we have a strategy. What I like to think of it as is we have a toolkit, and that toolkit is purchasing, it's delayed completion, it's sourcing it on, it's um, uh, lease options, it's, it's maybe rent to rent, it's maybe SA, it's JVing, it's land, it's, you know, we have a toolkit of many different strategies available to us, which we can kind of, you know, use the right tool for the right job. Um if we see a certain property we you know it could we could use three of our tools um and I think that's really important to have is like that kind of understanding that yes you you have a strategy and a core cool kind of thing to follow, but you walk into a house, you don't have to buy it, you may be able to lease option it or you know do something really interesting with it um you know if you see a block of flats, you see an old pub, you know you make it into a block of flats right like there's so much potential to just like with an asset do something with it that we're kind of looking at it that way as opposed to we want four hmos this that that. no i think the ideal for us is either a commercial conversion into a block of flats or a pre-existing block of flats that are in a a pretty shoddy condition and then to convert them into something a lot lot better so you know if you know of any of those in the midlands or you know stoke or around the kind of midlands please get in touch um and, and we'd love to chat you know, if you want to speak to you know, either of us, just just get in touch. Like we're we're happy to chat about anything really. I kind of realise I've been rambling on at you with my my like stuffed nose voice um for a while now. So before I leave and, and um drop in a little cheeky cameo from someone on this podcast, um you know, I think January onwards you're gonna see a kind of another level two Tedge talks. So I've got a lot more content planned. Going to be releasing video um, videos more often. Going to be releasing podcasts twice a week. I'm contemplating a kind of mindful Monday. I don't know if, if you would be interested in hearing that, but it'd be like five ten minutes of my thoughts on some topic in mindfulness and mental health and mindset that week, and kind of you know some sort of maybe motivation or some new thoughts or way of approaching things. So if that's something that you'd like to hear, like please just post on my wall. Um, and, and let me know your thoughts, because I want you to get the most out of this. I don't really mind what I put out, but I'm quite passionate um, about mindfulness. So I'm also going to have quite a few ebooks slash infographics that I've co-created with a lot of the guests on the show. We've got, a, you know, three tips to rent to rent with Jack Wicks. We've got three tips to service accommodation by David Diak. I've got loads of these. Um, and I've also got I've currently got a, um, a like top five tips for building a personal brand online. If you want these, let me know. The rest will be released next year, but the top five branding one is out at the moment. I'll, I'll send you over a link to um, to download it. But, you know, I really would love to hear your feedback on thaw- and thoughts on kind of any particular questions you may want to ask guests or any feedback or constructive criticism or, or anything really. And again, I'd I'd love to connect with you listening, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world. Like, I'm honestly often free for a chat. Um, if you're in London, let's, let's meet up. And, you know, I think, I think what I'd like to kind of finish on is, is the importance of building a brand. Now, you know, I've never asked for money on the podcast. I'm I'm not asking for it now, but I've had, you know, two or three people reach out to me purely off the podcast and say, Tej, love the podcast. Um, love your style. You know, guests are incredible. You know, where do you find these people? Um, you know, got a bit of cash lying around, I need to build it up. You know, what can we do? And I said, but hey, you know, firstly, thank you so much. But like, how have you instantly trusted me? And you probably think, why on earth did you ask that, Tetch? Just like, you know, work with them. But they they said, um, well, we hear your voice like every week. You know, you're in our ears. You're in our faces. Um, like the trust aspect is already there. You know, let's just talk hard numbers and let's meet and just, you know, have, have a chin wag. And that's what happened. We met, had a lovely chat. property, 90% the world, and food, um, and cheese, obviously, Um, and like, yeah, they want to invest tens of thousands on a kind of percentage return, and that's just come from, like, me talking into this microphone, staring at the wall, and interviewing some amazing people, like, you know, the power of having a brand and using social media is incredible, Um, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to working with these people, because they're becoming friends, and you know, I think it's going to be a a wonderful sort of working relationship. Um, And so, you know, if you're contemplating posting videos, posting pictures, you know, talking on Facebook, just do it. Don't wait around. Now, you're about to hear from a special guest who was on the Tej Talks podcast really, really early on. Go back down and find his podcast, It Is Awesome. So, what's going on, people? My name is Aaron, and yes, I am releasing my podcast, Find Your Voice, on the 7th of January, 2019. Now, I am very excited with this movement because I am interviewing some absolutely incredible guests from all walks of life who will not only inspire and motivate you to start writing your own story, but they'll help you eliminate excuses of why you can't do things. They'll help you take control of your life, and more importantly, they're going to help you find your voice. So thank you, Tej, for the plug. Remember, guys, 7th of January, 2019, find your voice. My name is Aaron. I look forward to seeing you all there. Five-star reviews only, please. Have an awesome day. Thank you, everyone, if you've made it this far, for listening to me uh, talk about various topics. I hope it's been helpful. Uh, You know, if we're not connected on Facebook already, please do. It's just Tej Singh, T-E-J-S-I-N-G-H. Same on LinkedIn and Instagram is tej.talks. Let's connect. Let's get to know each other. Um, and I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Enjoy your break. You know, if you're a hustler and you're an entrepreneur, etc. Take some time off, play some Xbox, t- spend time with the family, go for walks, take the dog out. I'll take a dog for a walk happily. Um, enjoy yourselves. And uh, we will speak in 2019. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.